All right, Zachary, let's do this thing. It is Monday, May 24th. Welcome, everyone, to Living Room Sports Talk. Here, McCall. Got the great Zach Rothenberger. Chad is driving right now on the New Jersey Turnpike. So, I mean, dude, you have a migraine. I'm sure he has one, too. It's like Migraine Monday. That's really should be the vibe today. But it's I got I can pick it up for you. But yeah, well, you know, I think I would take the migraine over driving on the uh, the Jersey Turnpike at this point in time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we got a great show lined up for today. So yeah, absolutely. No, this is good. This is gonna be a fun one. We um we're doing a little tease, you know, obviously before before we get the, all the festivities going, but we have a really exciting show. So we were we had the opportunity to sit down with the great Myron Mixon, who is literally I had dude, I had a lot of nicknames. You'll hear him in just a second that I reeled off for him to start the interview. But nice. really, yeah, well, I truly think, I mean, we've been so blessed to have so many awesome guests on our show. This was right up there, Mount Rushmore, you know, Hall of Fame, whatever, of our of our, you know, the highest of high, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's awesome. I mean, it was just one of the coolest conversations. And I know, obviously, you guys were working away. And, you know, I was, it was a, a solo chat. But um, I think, you know, the biggest thing we'll get to in this interview, Zach, is I think uh, it's cool how he broke down how barbecue's healthy. Like, at, talk about clickbait, right? You know, that, like, that's something, you know, people are saying barbecue's unhealthy. It's clickbait. That's right. Yeah, that's one of our segments we always do. So for anyone new tuning in, that's uh, that, that, that rolls around perfectly with what we usually do. So That's a great point, Zach. See, you're thinking ahead. See, we're already looking at the different audience. Okay, we're Ricky in the chat here. Um, and so to that point, so we will air uh, the interview with Myron in just a second. And to that, uh, well, to that one, yeah, I'm just going to play in just a second. But to that point, we'll be in the chat interacting with folks. Um, like I said, it was recorded, so I do feel bad. And I'll try to drop this in, in the chat as we move along. But um if anyone's chatting in questions, unfortunately, the interview was recorded. Uh, but at that point, we can always try to relive because we'll, we'll talk about that later. But um, uh, yeah, all right. So without further ado, you think, uh, you know, real quick, should we just talk about this oh, weekend in sports? I mean, do we, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll do that after the interview. <laughs> we do that after the interview, right? Um, all right, perfect. Without further ado, though, let's um, we'll roll uh, the interview that we sat down and had a chance to talk with Myron with. Right now, we are joined by definitely the most high-profile guest we've ever had on this show, the king of barbecue, the most winning man in barbecue. And, and Myron, you got to forgive me. I have a million nicknames I drew up with, with sports references. we got the Michael Jordan of meat, the Babe Ruth of uh, barbecue, the Sultan of sauce. we got the great Myron Mixon, the most winning man in barbecue, joining us here in the living room. And, and Myron, thank you so much for, for jumping on with us here and spending some time with us. Glad to be with you. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, first of all, I was texting everyone up here, and we were just talking about obviously before we jumped on the show, you know, barbecue maybe isn't the, the, the biggest profile thing in Pennsylvania. So the fact like everyone was texting me this week, they're like, I saw the guy, he just won another championship. He's the guy to come on your show. I was like, this guy is the Michael Jordan of barbecue. Like, when you want to talk about the greatest of greatest, it's Myron Mixon, hundred percent. So we are just graced by your presence. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad to be with you. And uh, yeah, we did. We just won our fifth world championship. Oh my God. And, and looking at your resume too, that's just, that's just the start of it. Five world championships. I've got 18, uh, 1,800 barbecue trophies, 200 grand championships, three, 30 state championships, eight team of the years, 11 national championships. I've never seen a resume like this, by the way, in my entire life. TV star, mayor of your city, uh, award-winning author. It, it, the list goes on and on. Myron, I mean, it, it's so I guess to, to, uh, my co-host couldn't join me for this interview, but I feel like they'd be laughing right now. The normal question I usually ask when we get started on these interviews, and, and we'll obviously get to Keto Barbecue in just a second, but, you know, the journey is something I always love talking about. And, and you don't just become the king overnight, right? It takes hard work. No, grit. No. And- I mean, my journey started at the age of like nine or 10 years old. My dad had a takeout barbecue business and he cooked old school. And he started me and my younger brother out that early, but not to really to be pit masters. But at that time growing up, you were like free labor to your dad and your parents. So you toted, you fetched, you went and got, and as you got older working in that business, you learned. You may have not have wanted to learn, but you learned under protest, maybe. And <laughs> as I got older, I got to where I liked it. I mean, I got to want to emulate my dad, Jack Mixon, and his skill and his ability to cook barbecue. And then when I got the opportunity, I took those, that knowledge and started competing in 1996. And I saw in that competition, it was in Atlanta, I guess, in 96, where you came first in whole hog, third in uh, shoulder. And I also saw a tidbit how, you know, you helped your parents develop it, like work with their sauce and try to promote that as well, smoking meats. Like, 
that to me is the coolest background, just how you're helping your family and stuff. And, and to your point, then Jack's Old South is named after your father. I just, I guess, do you mind just speaking to just how important that was your family aspect and how it brought to you to where you are now? Um, I mean, it's huge. And, and I think today that, uh, you know, a lot of businesses miss that, you know, uh, I've been in business, uh, never worked for anybody but myself or my dad my whole life. Not many people can say that, but the thing about it is not only have I worked with my dad, I've worked with my brother. Tracy my whole life and Tracy still works here with me uh, matter of fact we're next door neighbors and you know my wife ships all the packages and all the sauces and rubs that's ordered online uh, I got friends and family that help me with all the cook schools that's on the team I mean I've always uh, had businesses or this business especially where it revolves around me being with my family and that makes a difference that makes a difference Oh, absolutely. It's all the muscle in there. And, and, and to that point, you, the, the grit and the grind, I was reading, obviously, in well, all your books, but obviously in Keto Barbecue, the most recent one, which is incredible. You know, I guess how much did just your family, just in general, all the influence over those years help you to get to, to where you are now putting that book together and, and just all the input and, and help they had on it? Well, I mean, the thing is, my whole lifestyle and my business is revolves around barbecue. I mean, I don't get to compete as much as I used to back in the day for 15 years. I did 45 contests a year. Now, maybe if I'm lucky, I get to do four or five a year. But the thing is all of that experience doing the uh, competitions, which led to the TV shows, which led to the cookbooks, doing the barbecue classes since 05, to the restaurants, having my own smoker company, doing sauces and rubs, led me up to write the first book, Smoking, then the second, the third, the fourth. Now we're at my fifth book, I think, fourth or fifth. It's hard to keep count. <laughs> but this book right here, the keto book, is something that means more to me probably at this state of my life than any of the other books I've written. For the simple fact is, as I got older and I got into my late forties, early fifties, I started gaining weight. And that's a fact. I mean, and that's not a new uh, revelation for a lot of people my age, you start gaining weight. I don't know if it's your metabolism slows down or whatever, or you eat more. Everybody says your metabolism slows down. I think what it is, you eat the same amount of food or maybe even more, and you ain't doing as much physical activity. You got that metabolism. <laughs> metabolism slowing down or whatever i don't know but you know that's what i was doing and uh i went to my doctor august 2018 for my phys uh, physical and i weighed like 339 pounds and at one time i got my highest was like 345 and <clears throat> i don't have any blood pressure issues or any of that he said but your joints like your knees and your hips and your ankles would really love you if you lose that extra person off it. <laughs> I said, well, tell me how I can do that. I said, because I travel all the time. And when you travel a lot, you get in a habit of not eating healthy and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, he said, you ought to look at the keto uh, diet. And uh, so I did. And uh, it was a diet based around protein. And I love meat. And uh, when I started looking at some of the things you could have, you could have heavy cream, you could have butter you know, all these type things, and I could have meat. I said, well, what I need to do then, because that's right up my alley, I could give up carbs. Bread wasn't a problem. Figure out how I can make my barbecue fit into this plan, you know, because you can't eat the proteins and proteins being meat. And that's what I did. I took it, I modified it to, to do what I do, which is barbecue and smoke meat and grill meats. And I implemented that into this barbecue keto. And I lost a hundred pounds in nine months. I was going to say, it's unbelievable. I'm looking at the stats. It was, I think it was September 8th. I think it's in the book, uh, September 8th of 2019, you were 339 with a 46 inch waist. And then nine months later, you're 235 with a 36 inch waist. Like, and, and to your point, it was amazing. I remember it was like the first three pages of the book, Myron, I could not put it down after I started reading it because you basically broke it down. You said, you know, there's this misconception. It's funny because we do a show, a little segment on our show called clickbait cleanup, where we're like find articles that are BS and just like kind of call it out on it. And I feel like that's, that's what you right. did in your book and said, there's this misconception of barbecue that it's unhealthy. When in reality, I think it even said in like the first second page, like there's no grease, there's no butter really being cooked in barbecue. It's more the side dishes, the, the, the sauces, if you obviously make it, about it. I mean, how more healthy could you do if you grilled a chicken or, or smoked chicken or smoked meats 
uh, you just hit it on the head. The thing that's not healthy or the thing that makes you put on weight is the barbecue mac and cheese, the barbecue <laughs> peach barbecue beans, the uh, the cobbler. <laughs> You know, the Texas toast, you're going to sop all that up with, you know, and then the big old side of banana pudding that goes with <laughs> That is what makes you gain weight. It's not the chicken, the grilled chicken legs or the sliced brisket or the pulled pork. You know, it's all of those, those big sides. And uh, then everybody will say, well, I can't sit down and eat a barbecue sandwich unless I got a big old thing of, of you know, potato salad or whatever. But you got to make adjustments you got to make sacrifices if you get to the point where i was at you know over 100 pounds overweight you know you got to be able to give up that bread you got to be able to give up that mac and cheese not saying when you get the initial weight off that you want you can't go and damn reward yourself maybe once a month or something be a little kind of lava over here <laughs> there you go See, I, I, I got it. that from the book too i brought that over here for you <laughs> there you go but the thing is, you got to be, you got to decide if, if, if this diet will work for you and, and, and whether keto works for you or whatever, you got to pick a diet that's sustainable, that's sustainable. And this is a diet I could do. I love meat. This is one I could do. There's a pile of diets out there that take weight off of you and take it fast. And I'm just being sarcastic here, but you know, the rice cake and water diet, oh, hell yeah, you'll lose weight eating rice cakes and drinking water, but <laughs> After you get all of it off, can you continue to do that? No, no, you're gonna jump back, you're gonna gain back what you lost, and you're gonna gain more than you lost. And, and you know, you gotta do something that's sustainable. You gotta develop a barbecue lifestyle around it where I can do this every day. Right, and I think what's cool too, what you mentioned the book is like, people might be listening to this and saying, well, well, you guys can eat barbecue, but I can't. I, and I thought you guys broke it down really cool in the book, how like, Basically, with this keto diet, how it's like instead of the sugars from carbs that you guys would be burning, you're just burning the fat off of the meats and stuff. And that's all fat's bad, which I thought was really cool that you broke that down too. Exactly right. I mean, the thing about it is, and I'll, I'll tell you this back in the 60s, they've always had heritage breed hogs. I'm going to talk about pork a minute heritage breed hogs. And those hogs are the ones that came over here from England back when this country first started. They're red meat hogs, high in marbling. Uh, high in fat content. Those are some of the brands uh, or the breeds. Berkshire, which everybody's familiar with, Do Rock now is back up. Uh, Poland, China, Yorkshire, Hampshire, all of these were heritage breed products that started out in the 60s when some scientists said all oh, that fat in those hogs are really bad for you, blah, 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 blah. And they almost lost some of these breeds because they bred hogs up to almost 99% fat free. And about 20 years ago, you saw a resurgence, found out that all there's some good fats and bad fats and all of that wasn't really true. So now we're back to eating fatty or more fat uh, content or more marbling and pork, just like you do a good ribeye. So fat, in my opinion, I drop the carbs because your body naturally burns carbs. When you drop the carbs, guess what it burns? It burns fat. And that's what you got to get off of. You got to get that fat off of. And I thought it was really cool too. So I actually used to be a consultant for work. Well, actually I still am in my daytime job and it's, it's funny, but back in the day I was traveling 80% of the time and you just mentioned, I mean, my God, I was thinking about it, which is, I mean, I got pit masters on right now in the background, but the amount of the traveling you probably did, like, I mean, I, and still are, I mean, my God, it, like you said, it's hard for people that are on the road a lot to, to, um, to obviously keep that weight off and, and eat well. But that was another thing that was really cool in the book. You have a section in the book, about how if you go out to a restaurant, there's options for you to make that right choice. And the thing is, you've got to get, you got to get, uh, you, you got to get good inside your skin. And the thing is, you know what the general thing is about keto. You can have proteins, you can have certain veggies, and that's what you got to have. You got to stay away from the carbs and, and, and the sugars. A lot of people get on a diet and then those folks around them in their circle, social circle, they're not dieted. We're going out here. We're going out there. Well, I can't go with you because I can't find anything to eat when we'll go there and all this, but you can, you know, the thing is we can go to a fast food burger joint. All I got to do is order, I can order the double uh, meat burger with cheese, take the bread off, take a fork and knife and I can sit there and have the burger, you know, just the meat. Everybody else can eat up the bread. They can eat up the fries. Uh, you know, a lot of places I go like uh, uh, Chick-fil-A, 
I go in there and I just get the grilled sandwich, take the bread off, eat the eat the meat. I mean, you can still go out. You ain't got to sit there at home and pout because everybody else is going and eating pizza, and fast <laughs> food, uh, White Castle burgers, and all this kind of stuff. You can go too. You just can't eat the bread. Well, and to that point, not just to break down like all the different aspects of keto. First of all, all my roommates will be laughing right now because. I had a bit of a renaissance, Myron, since I bought your book. I bought a whole brisket. Let's see. I actually wrote it down. A whole brisket, made burn ends out of it, obviously. Wings, chicken thighs, beef broth from scratch was incredible. If there's oxtails in them, uh, let's see. I made some Polish sauces, but I went a little off-road off the book. So I'm hoping, you know, I had a little fun with it, though. But, but to that point, I thought the coolest thing was, and, I, and anyone can attest listening to this that knows me, I've been scared to make a brisket in my smoker for God knows how long, because I was just like, you know, no one up here in Pennsylvania really knows how to, how to cook it, how to prepare it correctly. The way you prepare it, like in your books, the, the one thing I think is so cool is you break it down to layman's terms. Like you break it, like when someone's looking at a brisket that maybe never saw one before, like you break it down into such terms that someone could for the first time just work through it. And it, Hey, it worked for me. And I, I guess that point, like, I think that's something that's incredible. What's it been like just to be able to give back to folks and be able to have that, that gift to be able to teach folks and let them be able to go after barbecue and, you know, and explore that gift themselves. Well, the thing about it is I've been teaching classes since so five and I love teaching. I love teaching that better than anything I do. Of course it does make me money, but the thing about it is last year during COVID, I couldn't do classes. So I started doing some Facebook live because I still wanted to interact with my fans. I wanted to interact with barbecue enthusiasts, people that wanted to do. And I started doing right there on Facebook Live. We did brisket. We did them for like, I did them every other week for like six months. And it was awesome. I mean, I loved it. And, but now of course we're back to doing classes. Got a class that's gonna be uh, coming up this weekend. Matter of fact, I'm, when I get up through with you, we'll get ready for the meet and greet dinner tonight. Oh, I love so, it. Yeah, for the, the way my classes work, we take up the 65 students, uh, hands-on, everybody's touching meat. We'll cook over 800 pounds of meat in the class. And then we we'll go out and uh, tonight's the meet and greet dinner. We have fried catfish and fried chicken tonight. Hand-cut fries, homemade coleslaw, homemade banana pudding. And I tell the class, this will be the last time this weekend that you eat anything fried. Everything else will be smoked, grilled, you know, cooked on the smoker. But everybody likes to get their uh, fried fats and all that stuff one more time before the weekend starts. So I'm trying to think how how long of a drive would you think of you from Philadelphia down to Georgia? It's probably like, what, you like need to twelve hours. You need to catch the fastest plane you got there in Philly, <laughs> bringing them down to Atlanta, and I can pick you up. There we go. I love it. It's fine. I was Myra. I'm too. If you, if, if you if you like this interview, I'm so down to come down to one of those classes. I would like just learn from the master. Oh my god, it'd be that'd be like a dream. It'd be like Babe Ruth teaching you how to hit baseball. <laughs> but, but you know, let me ask you this too. I, I think you know there's so many cool things. And one other thing I, I thought was neat with the book was monk fruit sweetener. I thought you, you had a cool uh, tip in there about how like there's a lot of sweets and sauces and like people trying to add you know different right. additives to try to and there's a lot of junk in that. And and I'm not gonna lie when. Like I've been trying to smoke meats unsuccessfully, you know, for a couple of months, a couple of years now, but, but now that I did the keto one. It, it like, I feel better the next day. You don't feel like a meat hangover or something like that right. the next day. It's much cleaner. Right. I mean, you're very limited in fine. If you, if you got to have the sugar and you can't give it up, monk fruit extract, 100% pure. Don't get it where it's got that, whatever that fake ingredient that a lot of them add to it. And it's expensive. It's not cheap. But the thing about it is to be healthy, it's worth spending that money if you need that sugar substitute, which is monk fruit extract. And the thing about it is if you're using one tablespoon of regular sugar, monk fruit is so sweet that you need to use half. But it's all natural. It's no carbs. I mean, it's great. It's awesome. And the thing is, we're coming out where I've got a line of uh, sauces and rubs. We're duplicating that same line out of sauces rubs but it's going to be keto friendly one of the questions i had was so you guys win another world championship this past weekend did you guys use the keto recipes and stuff in the book for that no i didn't use the keto recipes in the book there uh we went strictly by our comp what we always do in barbecue contests uh we did change up two things i changed the injection a little bit before we went to this contest and we set two of our brands new gravity feed hog cookers which are gravity feed meaning charcoal gravity feeds where they burn down on these on our trailer we took our water cookers off put the gravities on 
They'd never been cooked on until we fired them up for the championship. Oh my God. This is like, I'm like listening to a mad scientist just work in the lab. This is incredible. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this, a couple of miscellaneous questions. So, you know, we're a sports show. So we have, and that's probably, you're probably wondering like, what the hell does a, a Pennsylvania sports podcast want to do talking to us? We, we, that's why we call our show living room sports talk, just because we love, and our company's called sidetrack. Cause we're always, you know, getting sidetracked talking about whatever, but at that point, you know, tailgating is obviously a big thing we all love. So I got to ask you, is there any tailgating scene you love or, and, and obviously just, I know you love cooking and entertaining for folks. Uh, is there any sports scene you ever love, like doing a whole hog or any like sec football games or anything like that? Well, the thing is um, my youngest son, Michael, he's a big university of Georgia bulldog guy and he's got a food truck in Athens. So he's right there in Athens, Georgia. He's got his food truck and they go up there and they do the whole hogs and they get uh, out there mixing and mingling with everybody and they have a great time. But he just turned 30 years old or I'm 58, fixing to be 59. I try to stay out of the middle of all that. I used to be right up, up in it, but I can't hang no more. <laughs> I'm also dying to my, so my one roommate, he asked me if I could tell you one question during the interview. He named his fantasy football team after you, Myra Mixon's Barbecue, because he figured, he's like, I want to be the champion. So, like, if I'm going to, you know, so have you ever had a fantasy football team named after you before? Is that a first? <laughs> no, I've never had a fantasy football team named after me, no. <laughs> well, and, and, and to that point, let me ask you this. Just, I was curious, you know, I'm you know, obviously watching Pitmasters all the time. I think the one thing that's really cool for, especially folks maybe up in the Northeast, like where I'm from, they don't understand the nuances of barbecue, how there's Texas barbecue, Georgia barbecue, the Carolinas, obviously with the poor Kansas city with the sauce, you know, I meant this with the ribs. So is there any barbecue style you like more or like any type of those regions where you just, you favor that or, or anything like that? Well, I was born and raised, I mean, born and raised being from Georgia and South Georgia and Georgia traditional barbecue. If you went and, and you picked and you want to make traditional barbecue, it's a lot like Carolina barbecue. It's vinegar based. Uh, where you mop the hogs. And when you talk about barbecue back in the day, and even now, you say barbecue, they talk about pork barbecue. They're not talking about beef, even though you got a lot of restaurants now in Georgia that serves brisket, that serve beef ribs, as well as the pork. But in the day, you know, you said barbecue, you're talking about whole hogs, you're talking about cooking hams, you're talking about cooking uh, pork butts. And that's what I was raised on. And that's what I love. I mean, I love the, bar, uh, the vinegar-based sauces. I, I make great sweet sauces. I make them uh, smoky with honey and everything else. But my preference is that vinegar-based sauce, old school. I love it. And, and, you know, that's the other thing I thought was the coolest thing, and my friends can attest, you know, reviewing my barbecue. You're like Willy Wonka with, like, the everlasting gobstopper. Like, the sauce, the rubs, like, they complement each other so well. And then I feel like you bite into the food, you swallow it, and you're still, like, you still feel like you're tasting it like a couple seconds later. It's like, it's just amazing. Like, how did you get to like be so good? I, I, I feel like it's like such a schoolgirl question to ask you, but how did, how did you master just that complementariness between the, the sauce and the rubs? I can tell you this. When I first started competing, uh, I would like to think probably I was the first one in competition that made a job out of it because for 10 years, I lived off prize money. So I had to go, and make sure I had an edge where most of the teams at the time was like a group of guys and gals got together on weekends, went out and they competed. Not saying they weren't serious about it, but getting to your point is I sat down and I fooled around with sauces, even though I, I preferenced uh, vinegar barbecue sauces. I knew that wasn't what everybody wanted. And I kept fooling with them and, and playing with them. And it took me a, a span of four or five years to get where I felt this sauce was good middle of the road and I got to work with that to make it happen. And I got to trying to get and think about people eating barbecue. Everybody doesn't love spicy. Everybody doesn't love, you know, a vinegar based barbecue sauce, but everybody just about loves something sweet. And then you got to pick out how strong or sweet you want, how mild and, and make it all work and do layers of flavor also with the rubs. You want a little sweeter rub and make it all happen. And you got to get, you got to get in the mind of the people that's going to be eating your food. And uh, everybody said, oh, that's, but you do, but you do. And I'm going to tell you just another thing in reference to that. When I think about when you uh, chicken boxes, when you do the churning chicken boxes, you need to think about this. People like food with handles. You go to the fair, what do you do? You got a corn dog on a stick. 
Got cotton candy on a stick, caramel apple on a stick, roasted corn on a stick, chicken leg has got a handle. So I turn in chicken legs when I turn in my entry for chicken category. Well, I think that's one of the coolest things to watch at Pitmasters. I feel like you guys specialize in that. And it was like making this, the, the, the Pitmasters have to do different things on the fly and like know right. the science of the cook, right? Like I think, I think most common people, maybe they stood the channel and they're thinking, oh, it's whatever makes the best ribs that day. It's like, no, there's a science behind it and understanding why the, the food's made. And, and I, I, I can't, I feel like you're the master at just like all of that, just understanding like why the food's cooked the way it is and why all the rubs and sauces and, and spices like work to that food. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. And, and, and the thing is, it's not haphazard. I mean, you if you're a true pit master, you got layers of flavor you're, you're adding. You think about this. When you put a piece of meat on, regardless of what it is, the first layer of flavor is the natural flavor of that meat, period, before you do anything else to it. The second layer is going to be the smoke that's impaired to it when it starts smoking. The third is the rubber seasoning you add to the outside. The fourth, if you've done a brine or a marinate or an injection, that would be it. The finish is gonna be the sauce you add at the end. So you got a lot of layers of flavor, but the thing is all of those gotta to work together. You can't have something that's out in left field away from your sauce and your rub as far as your injection. You gotta make them all work together. See, this is how bar it, barbecue is sports at the end of the day. Look at that, it all is. just weaving together. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, it is a sport. You start talking about competition barbecue, it is a sport. I mean, uh, you're giving away a lot of money. You got places of position and uh, giving away trophies. That oh, constitutes yeah. a sport. And not to mention the physical exercise. I mean, I'm doing a stupid cook on like my porch and I'm like burning a thousand calories just going back and forth. I can't imagine just, I was reading that too, like how you were saying before when you were doing 45 cooks a year, how much work and just how much grind is it? I guess that point, like, I think people think a competition just means you cook your food, you turn it in, just hope for the best. Like how much grind goes into that? And the amount of hours and preparation that goes into well, being a champion. A lot different too. A day is a lot different too. You got a lot of people in RVs and air-conditioned trailers like I got now. Back in the day in 96, nobody had that. Everybody was out there pulling open trailers, cookers on them, setting up tents, driving stakes, you know, batting down the hatches. You're out in the bad weather, the good weather. You didn't have an air-conditioned little kitchen you jump in like we do today. And not saying that, that I was the only one out there struggling, and everybody was, but it, it uh, made us appreciate what we got today, and it hardened us. And... Uh, I would go cooking tornadoes. It didn't matter to me. I've been in, in contests where tornadoes showed up. And I mean, I loved it. And, but today, now I got the big enclosed trailers, the air conditioned. Let me tell you something, Hoss, I damn appreciate it too. Cause I was in all those years, what, July, and I'm out there with the flies and the gnats and, you know, trying to compete. And, you know, I went by myself. Everybody else is doing the same thing. But I would give up my AC now. Well, let me ask, this could be the, the cheesy question asking, but what's it like, I guess, I'll almost go from a competitive standpoint, like people, everyone gunning for you, you're the king, like everyone knows that, like when you show up, it's like, there's Myron Mixon, like, like he's the LeBron James, the Michael Jordan, you know, and, and what's it like to, at that rush just to show up to an event and know that you like, it's, you set the tone, if you will. <laughs> well, I mean, back even when I was, you know, I, we had a lot of great success and started winning early in my career. And uh, the more you win, the more people want to bring you down. I mean, I've been to contests before where you got three categories and I'd wind up winning the grand, but I might have not have placed in the three categories. Uh, one of them I might not have placed high, but I still won the grand championship. And I'll have somebody walk over in that category. I didn't finish high. Maybe I finished 10th in ribs that day, but I still won the grand championship. And that guy walked over and said, I finished ninth in ribs today. I beat you. <laughs> now look at me. yeah you did i said but i won the grand you say just kiss that ring <laughs> but I, you know, I mean everybody wants to beat whoever they believe in their in their mind is the best and uh you know that's just part of it well and let me ask you this i'm curious because i was trying to find some something before the interview i was like i gotta find like another hobby well actually i had two questions for you one have you ever had a philly cheesesteak before up here no, never have. All right, all right. So this is perfect. If you ever have a bucket list item, we will show you like not just like the the Pats and Genos, like the place you'd find on Google, like hole in the wall, like John's roast pork, Sonny's. We'll 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 show you a good time up here. And next time you're on like the Today Show or something, we'll get you we'll get you awesome. down to the area. 
Love to. Yeah, it'd be great. We got to go grab some Cabo Wabo. Um, now, let me ask you, so, so, do you have any other hobbies? That, that was the question I was going to ask outside of smoking meats. I was looking, I was like trying to find something to be like, so you golf or so you do this. Like what, what is my remixing outside of barbecue? Well, the thing is, I mean, when I'm not doing something with the business, most of the time I'm at home. We got a second home in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We go up and just relax. But when, if I got the opportunity, because my dad was a great fisherman, and he used to make, not ask, he used to make me and my brother go with him fishing. And uh, he made work out of it because he was that good. I mean, we catch fish. You know, he was one of those guys, Jack Mixon, catch fish in a raindrop. I mean, he was that good. <laughs> and uh, But now when me and my brother has got the opportunity, uh, we like to get a couple of our barbecue friends and go up and, and fish for brim and white perch or what they call crappy up in uh, Tennessee, we have a great time doing it. Matter of fact, we got to do it in 19 for the first time, probably in 20 years. We oh, just nice. made time. We took off three or four days during the week. Weekends are hard. And uh, my brother and I, Tracy, went up there and caught fish and it was awesome. It was awesome. And I'm looking forward to doing it again. But uh, my wife then told me she loves to fish too. Before I take him, I had to take her up there to the damn fishing camp. First. <laughs> I got to get her on up there, and then me and my brother can go back. <laughs> I love it. And let me ask, ask you: Is, is there any uh, anything you're doing to celebrate winning the, the fifth grand champ or uh, world championship, and, and just anything like taking any time off to celebrate? No, man. Uh, the contest was over Saturday. We drove the rig back, which was a nine and a half hour ride uh, back from Memphis to Unadilla, Georgia. And Monday morning, I hit the ground running doing some mayor stuff. And uh, Tuesday, uh, we started getting ready for the cook school out here at the compound. So it really just, uh, you know, it was great when it happened, but now we got back to real life and we got to do business. And what's it like to be in the, being there, your hometown, Unadilla, Georgia, just to, to, to bring those roots and just to put, like, to put it on the map and everything? I'm sure it's incredible, right? It is incredible. But also, uh, when I ran, I ran to, to do good and to make some changes for the uh, better in our little city. Uh, job didn't pay me anything. Matter of fact, I spend my money. We got big flags out here by I 75, Interstate 75. I spend my money at 30 by 60s. I spend my own money to put the flags out there. And uh, that was another thing. I mean, with all this COVID stuff, we have a hard time getting flags. But anyway, that's another story. But I didn't do it to make money. Job don't pay anything. And uh, I did it because uh, my little hometown needed some help, needs some help. And I could have sat here at my 12 acres and kept doing business and, and making money and not worry about it. But I felt bad about that. And uh, I, I'm not saying I'm the guy that can fix everything, but I felt like I had something to give and I did it. And with the help of, of my staff at City Hall and what the help of uh, employees of the city, we have made some big drastic changes that changed the quality of life for the people of the city of Unadilla. And I think they really appreciate it. And again, it wasn't all my ideas, but I feel like I had a lot to do with making it happen. You know, a lot of times people come up with great ideas, but you gotta execute, you gotta make it happen. And uh, I think that's kind of my, uh my assets there i can make it i can make it happen well i think myron that just speaks to the type of person you are the, the whether it's you're helping your family in your early career with that grit helping your community now i mean just everything in between i think that just speaks to the to the, the type of person you are giving and, and caring about others and and just you know giving back to that community i think it's incredible well i appreciate that but again uh you got a lot of people like that around this world if it wasn't we wouldn't uh we wouldn't be, you know, having the things happen to us that uh, are good. You know, to, to have good things happen, you got to have good people making them happen. And uh, thank God we got a bunch of them here in the city of Unadilla. I love it. And one last question I have to ask for you. Is there anything you need north of the Mason-Dixon line? Anything in the Pennsylvania spices, rubs, craft beer? I mean, I guess that's not on the keto diet anymore. But any anything you need at all, we, we've got you covered up here. <laughs> I would love to have one of those Philly cheese steaks. But just leave the bread off. Put all the cheese, the meat, onions. I'll take all of that. Y'all keep the bread. You know, I'll make you, I'll smoke some prime ribeye and try a recipe with that. with smoke it off and then we'll make it with no bread on it. That'll be perfect. Awesome, brother. <laughs> 
Oh, Marvel. Well, thank you so much. Seriously, this has been absolutely incredible. We appreciate it. I mean, you are so busy. I, I cannot even put in words how much we're thankful for, for you spending the time with us and, and have fun at the dinner tonight, the welcome dinner. We were. And, uh, you know, the only bad thing about it is I have to take the fried chicken and pull that crunchy skin off. I can't, <laughs> but I might cheat a little bit tonight. My brother does the cooking and he makes some awesome fried chicken and fried catfish. Well, so next time we'll link up, we'll either be up here for a cheesesteak or down there for one of your cooking schools. Let me tell you this. I ain't told you this. We're opening a Myra Mixon Pitmaster barbecue restaurant in Hoboken. There we go. That's not far at all from us. Oh, that's perfect. It's almost ready. We just got we'll be opening up sometime in June. So keep a lookout on my Facebook page. We'll be up there in Hoboken doing a Myra Mixon Pitmaster barbecue. That's your backyard. Oh, well, I was going to say, I'm we'll come up there for Philly. it. Oh, we'll come up there for it. You know, when we're doing our opening night, come up there and be my guest. Oh, my God. We'd be honored. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I'll I'll reach out to Michael and we can, we can coordinate everything. And we'll bring up those cheesesteaks for you. Sounds good, brother. Awesome, Marvel. Thank you so much for joining us. Seriously, we cannot thank you so much for joining Livery Sports Talk. It was unbelievable talking with you today. Well, keep doing the good work. Yep, likewise. Right back at you. Dude, he's the man. He's the man. He's the king of everything. He absolutely seems like it. I mean, I don't know about you, but my mouth is watering. I know. I, 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 I basically spent like half my last paycheck at Cerner before like, I flipped over. <laughs> I spent like on like brisket. Like I was telling you like all the things I was like mm. rattling off. So to that point, we're going to give away uh, an addition to Keto Barbecue. This is fun. See, look, giveaway. We haven't done this since March Madness. Let me pull this up real quick. So we got an addition to Keto Barbecue. Uh, they'll be giving away on Thursday's show. So, Zach, I feel like you're the, you're the trivia guy. Uh, what, what, what are you feeling here? Should we, like, me quiz them on, like, the interview and give them, like, 48 hours to study up on or something like that or 72 hours? I think we should just do it on the spot. So that way, like, you know, you got to watch the show and then the first one to answer in the chat gets it. I like that. I like that. Well, I'm trying to – what do you think uh... – <laughs> I love – oh, by the way, yeah. so coincidence, Josh is moving off to Hoboken. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I know. Isn't that great? Well, we have to do it. I know it was it was really awesome. See, look at that. We got the little Northeast crew coming up there, and and I will all say to this to everyone: it is no joke. It is really good. I mean, you just follow his recipes; they're insane. How did your yours turn out? By the way, the videos you made were pretty amazing. amazing. It was really good. And like, and and the thing is, I can say that with confidence because I'm like, well, it's his recipe. I just followed it. You know what I mean? And and I meant, but my favorite is funny. Like, not to like sit here and like start reflecting. Like, my favorite question I asked him was. But my favorite question was saying like like that brisket one. I was saying how I've never thought I could do that, and just like the way he broke down the steps. Like anyone who doesn't really know a whole lot about like like cutting meat or like, like anything, right? Like you can know a whole lot about smoking meats. He breaks it down for you, and it's really easy. And I think that's what's really cool. That's great food, and and it was it was a blast just chatting with him. Oh yeah, no, he seems like seems like a great guy, and uh, I'll be I'll be tagging along up there to go to uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll have the Giants game and stop by there after, you know. You see the Anchoroos? Or that. There you go. Yeah, I was going to say the Giants have a minicamp for you. You can take it to you. Swing over there and see if they're practicing. Yeah. They do free training camp, or at least they used to. I don't know if they still do it, but that's fun. Yeah. Oh, we'll definitely have to go up furthermore. we got to go for the opening in June, and then definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just make a monthly trip up there. Fire Mondays, and we'll just go up there or something like that. Perfect. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. See, I love it. I love it. I love, I love the one. Hello, Ron's in the chat. We talked about how soft LeBron is. We we do need to get to playoff chatter here in just a second. One thing I'll say just to, before we wrap up on everything barbecue, does that not make you want to get like a smoker and like buy the cookbook and just go do the whole thing? I'm about to order it right now. <laughs> it's fun. Like, that was the thing. I mean, you saw me. I've been like texting you nonstop. I feel like it's funny. I feel like I put a little more context behind it. Just like it's a science behind it. The rubs, the spices, like, and dude, like, it's just fun, like getting a sheet and like looking at all the different things to make his homemade rubs. And then you're like going through Wegmans or going through Giant or Acme Odyssey stuff here in the Northeast. I mean, wherever. Maybe you're going to uh, Hy-Vee if you're in the Midwest, you know, right? Like, like um, shout out Midwest. Uh, Safeway, maybe, you know, if you're down uh, out West or maybe Publix if you're down South. See, so you know, I, I got to say, those nicknames were phenomenal, by the way. The Sultan of Sauce is what got Did you like that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was perfect. I. I thought the worst one I probably gave was the Ric Flair ribs, but like I, I don't know, I was like I thought it was all right. But then, yeah, I like the salt and the sauce. Yeah, I mean they were all fantastic. But uh, now we really appreciate him being on. That was that was. Oh awesome. my god! Absolutely, absolutely. It's that point we were loving uh, eating his barbecue, and, and and that's what they also added. I think that's so cool that he he provided such great definition to why you can 
eat healthy and have his barbecue. Like really, it's not like it's not a, it's that misconception. Like it's the it's the heavy mac and cheese with like heavy cream and then you know and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I thought he put it perfectly, you know, and I think uh, it's kind of motivating, you know, for anyone who wants to try to, you know, figure out a healthy way to eat or still eat healthy but love what they eat, you know, I think that's a perfect, this book would, would do wonders, you know, and really scratch that itch. It's all, It absolutely does. Suits that point. We'll give away a book, uh, Myron's latest book, Keto Barbecue, on Thursday's show. We'll do some, uh, a little trivia Thursday, Zachary, I love that. Um, and yeah, look at this, I love what the chat's saying. Um Oh, look at this. Yeah, Josh is going to host for Giants game for us. That's beautiful. And I, love, I love what you're saying, Myron's more of a chip. Hell yeah, he is. It's uh, to that point. All right, you want to talk a little playoffs? Yeah, we'll talk a little right, sports. Let's, this is going to be – obviously, I just talked for about 40 minutes, even though some of it was recorded, but uh, if you just look at my clothes. But, <laughs> but, um, but no, I'll do excited. Uh, I'll let you – the floor is yours, Zachary. I know, I know last night was a very – Rocky Road ice cream type moment for you, you know, happy and, and some sadness. Wait, wait, just soapbox on the NBA and NHL playoffs this weekend for you. Oh, geez, sure. So, uh, oh, yeah, the works. Yeah. So, I've been on a bit of a hiatus, we'll call it, from watching, uh, yeah, the NBA. And I just, I, I haven't really had much time. Only certain sports I've really been watching, like a mixture of golf, racing, some, and football, obviously, really my focus points. But, uh, so I'm a Knicks fan. So, you know, last night I throw on the game with the Hawks and the Knicks and, uh, you know, Trey Young doing whatever he's doing, I guess. But I was very quickly reminded why I don't watch professional basketball anymore. And it's because of the penalties that are not or the fouls that are are not fouls. Like, let me ask, was it, did it have something to do before? The seven o'clock game was there anything going on the three thirty game that maybe went you the wrong way? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Well, I wasn't watching it, but I mean, social media definitely caught me up to speed with the LeBron, uh, the LeBron flop. Which there's I have several takes on that one because please give them because you know, and we got Ron. We want to hear your opinion in the chat too because you brought it up. And 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 Joe G, I mean, ever honest. Let's just hear from everybody. Let's just hear what yeah. your thoughts are on all of it. But, yeah, but, I mean, get the crowd warmed up, Zachy. Yeah, I mean. It was pretty obvious that Chris Paul did nothing wrong. He was trying to box the bigger guy, LeBron, out, so he needed to get in there and be a little aggressive, but he wasn't remotely too aggressive to the point where LeBron literally jumps in the air and flops, and Chris Paul never touched LeBron's shoulder, mind you, and then he falls on the ground, literally pretends like he like dislocated his shoulder or like tore his rotator cuff or like his arm was basically ripped off his body, like rolling around like a baby. He's watching too much soccer, obviously. And it's where everyone's been saying, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So then afterwards, what really bothers me, which really shows how piss poor of a teammate LeBron is, is this then causes an altercation with his teammates and the players from the opposing players from the Suns, like potentially getting his teammates hurt because he's faking, oh, a, yeah. a, a, he's faking a massive injury, um, potentially gets his teammates hurt and, you know, fouls, all that good stuff. So it's just, it's extremely selfish and it's pathetic. And one other thing I'd like to note is, did you realize that he violated the health and safety protocols, by the way, because he attended a big oh, event? We didn't talk. He's so lucky that we, we had the best interview of all time yeah. lined up for, for – or best guest, I should say, not the interview. Yeah, so here the we best go. guest we're, of all time. <laughs> yeah, we're basically dousing this phenomenal interview with me ranting about LeBron. But No, uh, no, 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 no. we got to hold him accountable. This is, this is the show. we gotta, it's, we got to do it. Yeah, so I don't know. And, and I just love how the NBA hasn't done any type of discipl disciplinary measures to him because he's LeBron, I guess. So Good. Well, and, you know, the funny thing is to me, I, I look at just his whole just get up as a safety net. Mm -hmm. He's always acting hurt. He's always acting wounded. This will obviously be his escape net it's this year. So, but, oh, he was hurt this year. He was never healthy. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it's a it's the thing with arguing about LeBron's like arguing politics. And it's funny just because how politically is, and that's actually one of the other takes I have on him. And it's not one way or the other. I, my, my ax to grind with him is I would just kind of shrug and say, I don't think he's better than Jordan. And I think that it's an easy hill now for people to jump on and be like, Oh, well you just didn't like his political takes. That's why you don't think he's better. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, like there's always gonna be like, well, you just weren't with his controversial, like, you know, take it's like, no, no. Like I'm like, I'm just saying he wasn't better than Jordan. Like it's, and I think, and then the same stuff with him now. Like I'll never be 100 percent again. He's already like getting insurance on not getting enough rings to catch up yeah. to Jordan. I'll never be 100 percent again. So I gave it all, all these years. And it's like he did. He did. He padded his numbers. I don't know. 
I, to yeah. me, you. I mean, it's to me, it's just it's just the same. It's the same movie. It's like kind of like if if you don't find a TV show funny, like for example, I think the Big ba- Big Bang Theory sucked. Never thought it was funny at all. Never, I didn't really think it was that funny either. Yeah, never. Really, it's that point like watched like one episode just to be able to confirm and say it sucked. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even really need to do that. That's how bad I knew it was going to be. <laughs> to that point, it's kind of like this. It's like I already like you know what the you know the show is going to be what it is at this point. Like you know, it's it's. It's what it is. So, yeah, I I just hope the Suns, you know, take care of business first round. So, I do too. Now, I'll tell you, before, let's let's wrap this show up though, because obviously this was more of a a food related show. But but we'll, we'll let's do a little. Uh, you want to do a little Mojo Monday real quick, just to get the get those vibes cooking, eh? Um, a little Mickelson Monday. Uh yeah, 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 dude, absolutely. And the funny thing is, I I was thinking about you, Zach, because. Um, I feel like this kind of scratches right where you guys as a golf fan. Oh, yeah, we all love golf. But I feel like, like someone like you who really appreciates the ins and outs of every weekend, this was great for you. And for everyone. Yeah, no, it, it was phenomenal. Um, you know, one thing I will say is, like, it's hilarious how after the first round, after the second round, after the third round, all of the analysts were still not believing that Phil would win. Like, that everyone, oh, but well, Brooks is obviously the favorite here because he's younger, he's tougher, he's this and that, he's this and that. And Phil, with the 50-year-old nerves, I don't know how he's going to be able to handle it. Like, really? How about being 50 years old and having nothing to really lose? Like, you know what I mean? Everyone's against you, so you're going to play the round of your life. And I thought Phil responded, like, he was the most accurate I've ever seen him off the tee in a very long time. And I thought his, his, uh, his approach shots, and whenever he needed to recover, like, if he missed the green or if he hit a ball out of bounds... Um, I thought his ability to get up and down to make a bogey or a par was exa- was what set him apart. How many players did we see like Brooks Kepka? And you know, and I love I, I'm a big Brooks fan, but still, it's like they missed three put foot putts, four foot mm-hmm. putts for par for bogey or for birdie to take advantage. And Phil didn't do any of that. He might have missed maybe one of them all week. So he played he played phenomenal. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong. I saw something that Phil like hit longer than most, like most of them, to, like that weekend. Like it was like he had his power game too going. Yeah, he did. The the one hole uh, on Sunday is like the thirteenth or fourteenth hole. He hit it like three hundred sixty seven yards, which was the longest of the entire. I think the entire event, including Bryce and Shambo. So that's um, pretty it is awesome. I know. I know you're a little bit of a Bryson hater, right? Yeah, he just gets under my skin a little bit. And everyone who says, oh, well, he's the best driver in the game. Well, okay, well, how accurate is he? Because he misses more often than he hits the fairway. So, and that's I, I an actual just, fact. You can look that up. He reminds me of, like, a nice version of Shooter McGavin. Like, that, that sounds like an insult. I think it's actually like, a funny, but like, I, like, I, I actually, like, yeah. fine. like I just enjoy I watching him. Yeah, like, I don't, like, have anything against him, the person. I just think that everyone needs to take it down a notch. You wouldn't want to play golf with him, probably. I wouldn't. You said... Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I no, I wouldn't. wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Uh, I was no, gonna say I, I didn't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's yeah, like you probably wouldn't play golf on a hacker like me either. So you yeah. know, no, it's like Susan. It's like uh, in Seinfeld when George is like to Jerry, he's like uh, Susan B. Anthony's who I think I'd have a problem with. And Jerry's like, yeah, I think you would. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like to me, I feel like you know who I think would get under my skin is like Sergio Garcia because he'd just be taking forever, and I just be like, let it go, Sergio. Come on now, like come on. Yeah. And he'd probably get uh, upset with me, like for like being like. Like doing that, like, <laughs> well, Bryce is the same way. He's slow, you know, but uh, yeah. he's calculating everything because he's a, you know, a whiz, but yeah, play ready golf. Um, all right, but to that point, we gotta, we gotta get ready to get out of here. All right. Um, so real quick, like I said, just to, to recap for everyone that's just checking out the interview, check our show out on Thursday, especially for our new audience. We appreciate everyone that's new checking out our show. Uh, you know, we love it. We love uh, everyone that, that hopped on and got involved with the chat tonight. And we obviously appreciate, I mean, like I said, Myron's a man. If anyone's just jumping on now, check out the interview from before uh, to start our show. It was incredible just sitting down talking to Myron Mixon. He is the man, the nicest guy in the world. Like, just, I mean, just the class, like, just the guy. Like, it, so 100%, by the way, field trip to Hoboken is going to be awesome. Uh, but to that point, on Thursday, we'll talk about some of how you can. You know, taste this food yourself. You can cook it in his cookbook. So Keto Barbecue will do a giveaway. Um, and I have read it. It is phenomenal. It is really, really good. Uh, it's, like, actually insane how much I'm cooking. Like, every other day, I'm the spirit, and I was actually, I'm like, well, it's healthy, it's healthy. Um, and it is. I, dude, that's actually the other thing. I think it's incredible is how I don't, like, when I ate, like, ate, like you, you'd think, oh, I'm eating brisket. I probably don't feel great the next day. You feel amazing. You're like, oh, I feel lean. I feel good. Like, so. That's awesome. I know. Maybe we'll combine each other. I know you're more plant. You've been getting more in the plant based scene. Maybe you gotta bring some of your plant based stuff, and I'll bring some of my 
you know, or not mine, Byron's keto stuff to the table. And actually, I've been, I haven't had as much plant based lately, but but yeah, I mean, I, I eat everything. I eat everything. So it's, we have to, right? We're sports fans. We're anxious. We're always, you know, gobbling up food. Um, all right, but at that point, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking over here, speaking of anxious, the Marlins are going to mess up the series against the Phillies. That's all right. Um, all right, but to that point, let's uh, we'll get on out of here. But real quick beforehand, if you have any uh, new followers, subscribers, anything like that, you want to check out our audio episodes we have on Spotify and iTunes. So you can check them out there if you want to download them. You're on the go. You're in the car. You can always check them out there. Uh, also, check us out on social media, Instagram and Twitter. It's at underscore get sidetracked. Reddit. Actually, I, I, I always say I got to fix this. I will. I really will. Feel, I really will fix this. Uh, the Reddit part. It's r slash uh, at underscore, or that, not that, just underscore get sidetracked, and then just check us out on the website, www. Got, eh. See, now I'm all tied up because the Reddit part. <laughs> Let me fix this. All right, check us out on the website at www.get-sidetracked.com. All right, there we go. Uh, and then check us out on Twitch, YouTube, the whole get up. But we'll start with Twitch. Follow us to the hearts left. Uh, subscribe to the right. We have all sorts of cool information. Um, and like I said, we can, uh, you know, you know, all sorts of cool highlights and all sorts of cool interviews. And then we're still on YouTube. It's completely free. So, no excuses there. Make sure you, you check us out there for um, all that cool stuff, uh, highlights, interviews, and obviously we'll have Myron's interview loaded up here shortly. And all our live streams are on there as well. So if you miss the show, check us out there. And if you like our swagger, you know, there's the store for it. Yeah, I don't know anymore. I, I'm running out of ways to make it look cool. I mean, I think it looks awesome, but at this point, if you want to buy it, it's all good. But uh, yeah, if you want to go to the Sidetrack store, get some cool gear, it is there for you. But yeah, Zach. Another one of the books. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we'll get the whole band back here with Chad on Thursday. And uh, we'll have our contest with the books. So I don't know. Is there any. Uh, are the Knicks going to win game two for you? Uh, I, yeah, I think so. They will. They will. <laughs> they will. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Go Sixers, you know, Wednesday. You know, I got to give a little support. And there you go. These guys, we'll see what they're doing. But yeah, yeah. all right. Uh, but Tepper, we're also we really appreciate everyone listening, chatting in, and, and you know, obviously, like I said, we appreciate everyone's uh, time for the interview. But yeah, we'll see everyone on Thursday uh, at seven o'clock.